0: Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Forest. I am your host, Cameron Lemons-Debro. Got a bit of a bigger show today. We're going to talk about the transfer portal, which is opening today. Well, if you're listening to this, it'll be Monday, so the portal will be open today. We're going to talk about a little bit of high school recruiting for football, and Wake Forest just got selected to the Gasparilla Bowl. We'll do a little bit of a preview on Missouri. I promise I am not neglecting basketball. On Thursday's show, I'll have a good guest on there. We'll talk about Wake's win against Wisconsin, the kind of frustrating loss against Clemson on Friday night, and then take a little bit of a preview, not only for the, well, the preview for the LSU game, as well as a little bit of a, you know, just kind of a preview of what we think is going to happen the rest of the season. But promise I'm not ignoring basketball, just want to make sure all the ducks in a row, it's going to be a busy time. Without further ado, let's kick things off with the portal. This is going to be a wild ride. I'm going to be just very blunt about this. It's going to be like drinking water from a fire hose. There are going to be more players than there have been at any point at any time uh, since we've had this. And I think it's but I think it's also nothing to be different from what we've what we're used to seeing. It's just now condensed into a window We're, I think I think the last couple of years we've, we've been used to seeing guys you know enter the portal just at different points of the year. But now now that it's really condensed right now to December 1st through January 18th, that you're just like, okay, well, crap, we need to figure this out. We need to figure this out. What's going on here? It's all these guys jumping in and just kind of get a bit of information overload. Schools are going to be handling these things differently. Some schools are going to have 18, 20, 22 guys ready to hit the portal right now, you know, come the stroke of 9 a.m. Monday other other teams are going to handle this on an individual base by base and start having their meetings on monday so it's going to be just a a a ride to figure out wow this person randomly just popped up four days later i don't think it'll be a thing of oh what happened this guy did he randomly just get offered a bag which there are i can't confirm there there are bags being thrown around not just to not just to commit but just simply to jump into the portal there are bags being offered left and right, and it's really funny, but also just like you're offering this much money, really. Um, but it's going it's going to be an, a, a wild time. In terms of Wake Forest, this is I'm going to make kind of two pleas for in this in this episode. Plea number one is take things with with grace. There is going to have to be room made. Right now, I have wake short three scholarships in order just to sign the 18 verbal commits they have. Signing day is on December 21st. They need three more scholarships to be opened up beforehand. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at the roster, and, and with, that, with that missing three, that's with me counting the, the seniors that walked. That's me counting a guy like Sam Hartman, uh, who has told us that he is not returning. Blake Whitehart, who was not returning. I'm assuming an A.T. Perry is not returning. You know, I'm, I'm really on the, on the fence about uh, Rondo Buffer, but my, my hypothesis with him going into the season was that this is his last year in college. Same thing with Christian Turner. So I'm accounting for attrition with a lot of these guys that walked. And I'm still short three scholarships when projecting what Wake has to do right now in just the high school ranks. And we know that they need at least one defensive tackle. We know that they need – I I think they'll need a a defensive end. I I think they'll probably try to get one. They don't. I don't think it'll be the end of the world, but I think they're going to push to get one. They definitely need a linebacker. I think specifically a Mike linebacker in terms of just the – both in terms of the portal and in terms of high school. I think they need at least two. I think three would be the magic number, but I think two – one in the portal, one in high school, I think would get them to where they feel comfortable. Two would be a home run. Three would be a home run, excuse me and you know I I will listen on I'm not going to say the corner I don't think the cornerback play was great but I, I will listen on corner especially given you're losing Isaiah Wingfield Jamal, Jamal Martin and Gavin Holmes and J.J. Roberts and you're losing four guys and you're not just you're not necessarily going to be like oh cool we're going to roll out there just with a we're not going to roll out there just with Kalen Deshaun Jones Marty Stevenson you know, the other two guys that they like in in Andre Hodge and Jamar Glaskier and you know, there's two guys coming in and Antonio Robinson, who I think is going to be between him and Trayvon West, I think one of them are going to be able to contribute early. But I still think if if the right guy comes in the portal, and I don't mean they I don't necessarily think they need like a superstar, but you know, if a solid guy comes in the portal, I think they will take an opportunity to jump. But I think there are the more pressing needs right now are going to be on the defensive line and at linebacker. I think you you need to get those. So especially at linebacker, that's one of that's probably I'd say, you know, I, I hate tearing them because it's weird. I think the hardest position to recruit in the portal is offensive line. Everyone needs good offensive line. Even Bama needs offensive line. Georgia needs offensive line. Everyone needs a good offensive lineman. So I think that's probably the hardest. Second, it's probably linebacker because, like, it's just a weird position for what people want to do, whether you're running a 3-4, 4-3, or four-two-five. The way that the game has evolved, and how you know, you're having slot receivers, just like a guy like Josh Downs, you look at Keyshawn Williams for Week Four uh, say Flowers. You have all these like insane guys in the slot, and you, that sometimes gets put on the slot, obviously the knuckle corner, but sometimes i will get put on a linebacker. They're having to now only focus on the run game. They have dual threat quarterbacks. They have to deal with uh, slot receivers. They having there's just so much on their plate, and so having top end linebackers is just a premium right now. And I think people are ready to go balls to the walls in order to get a good linebacker. Third would probably be quarterback just because it's either you're getting a young guy or you're getting someone who wants to start. It's really hard to find someone that wants to be a backup quarterback, but so yeah, I think they're going to put a lot of, a lot of the, a lot of time and effort into linebacker. We're going to put a lot of time and effort into tackle. So before we get into targets, there have been departures for wakes, for Wake's side so far, uh, we've had three PWOs, preferred Rocons, uh, and wide receiver Jax Henley, Hensley, excuse me. In he got commu- he got moved over to safety, but it entered the portal as uh, Xavier Simpson. And then center Thomas Grippo. You know, none of these really surprised me. Uh, Xavier, when he got moved to DB, I was a little, I was like, okay, you know, this is an interesting one, but I mean, people want to go play and he wants to be a wide receiver. There just wasn't a lot of room to play wide receiver on this team. Kind of is what it is, Jackson. I kind of felt the writing was on the wall a little bit. Again, he's PWO, and I think he's got he got some really really good speed and some good hands. And I thought, you know, in a pinch, they could they could trust him. And that just not that not that he didn't didn't prove that. It's just when in the Syracuse game when when Donovan Green and Jamal Banks both went down, yeah, you know, Jackson went out there for four snaps, and that was it. And they played. Taylor Morin on the outside, essentially the entire game. And I think that was where the writing was on the wall. Was, you know, like, you know, at first it could have been kind of justified that these you know, got you, are the ever top four or five guys This is cool. But once two of them go down and you're just like, you know what, we're going to move the slot receiver over instead of playing you. I think that was kind of the writing on the wall. So I'm like, you know what, let me go find somewhere that I am just more likely to play at, which is very fair. JJ Roberts. Um, I, I also failed to mention Brett Griffith. I'll get the Brett too. JJ Roberts. Another one where I thought the writing was on the wall in terms of just how much he played from week to week. You know, it. You know, I I still don't really know if he got fully healthy, and that's when one of the one of the biggest stories, I guess, of his career at Wake Forest is he's just never really been fully healthy. But he played against Louisville. I mean, obviously, he played. The first few games all the way through Boston College, missed the Army game. And then played like Boston College, Louisville. And then played, well, he played one staff against Louisville, 58 versus North Carolina, and then three against Syracuse. And we did not see him against Duke. And I, that, that's your big old. We didn't. So we didn't see him against Duke. We didn't see him against Cincinnati State. I think those are your big, at least in coverage, that's your big red flags right there. Those are your big, OK, you know, either and they're more than one thing can always be true. Either you're just that hurt or, you, you know, the guys just we just can't trust you out there. And there's a lot of times I think he was a very sure tackler. But I mean, there was just a lot of time in coverage that they just just could not trust him. They just blatantly could not trust him in coverage. And it hurt when, you know, what Wake likes to do is have a lot of guys. like you have. They want them to be able to, to pull the guys off the routes. That's one of the things Kalen's really good at. And, you know, JJ is built in that way and just wasn't able to to produce what they needed to. And, you know, that's one of the ones that I mentioned this on the board yesterday and the same thing with Gavin. And I don't think I think I was more surprised, quote unquote, surprised. I'm not really surprised about a lot of things anymore with the portal because the portal happens. But I was a little more like, okay, you know, I thought Gavin was more of a 50-50 coin flip of if he stays, if he comes. JJ, I was kind of like, yeah, I would, he was one of the ones that it, I was on the watch to make the see, not make sure, but see if he was in the portal. Yeah, that that one, there was some clear writing on the wall there, but that's the, you have to get guys in the player system. And if they're not able to do that, then you can't play them. And that's just kind of what this happens. But I made something, I made a post on the board on the 247 sports board about how these things can be mutual decisions. Wake Forest does not pull scholarships. You can look at that for better or for worse. That is one thing that they did not do, that they do not do. They do not sit there and just yank your scholarship away. They're, they're, that's just who they are. And so this has to so, sort of be a mutual decision of, I mean, and there's there are definitely other ways that you can, not so much pull someone's scholarship, but definitely other ways that you can healthfully encourage someone to get in the portal. And I don't think that necessarily needed to happen here. I think that both the sides here's decided that a with both Gavin and JJ that a fresh start somewhere else would probably be better for everyone's for everyone's best interest, for you know, getting the guys like a Deshaun Jones, Samario Stevenson, getting those guys the reps that they're gonna need in terms of not only just the bowl game, but moving forward in terms of both JJ and Gavin moving on. It's going to be one it's one of those things that if this is there's going to be so many names some people get lost in the shuffle i mean i look at a guy like kobe turner just because there was just so many names of kobe that you know we look you look back at that that recruitment and i think it was what george tech offered him dream tech offered him Wig got from him, in, i think a couple of were small schools but if he had, if he went at a different time you know i know hindsight's 2020 20, but it's definitely a, a strong possibility that he has a lot more interest I mean, he was a very productive guy and you know, i think now people are more and more starting to be like there are dedicated people looking at the portal on the team on every team and so it's it's kind of a thing of okay cool like you got to make sure you're there make sure you're entering at the right time and you have enough time to get through everything just and before i get to brett because i think that was the one that caught most people by surprise some important dates obviously the portal opens today december 18th is a quiet period which means that no um in homes right so right now a lot of guys are starting today you'll see a lot of coaches you know it's bowl practices but you'll see guys going it going at home with their families and say hey you know let's let's try to get you to visit or if they've already taken an official visit then you know, try to really seal a deal december 19th through january 12th is no visits dead period no visits at all which makes sense because there are bowl games and there's just an unfair advantage if say i i, I have already played my bowl and I'm allowed to host people or go see someone when, you know, a different team isn't able to do that. So that's that's a, a no-go. There is an exception right now, and it's January 4th through January 8th. And also these dates are important for not just transfer portal people, but also high schoolers as well. So January 4th, January 8th, this is solely for transfers. They're actually able to take visits that week just think there's just a break in the calendar they're like if you're looking to if you're looking to enroll and, and it's only for people who are looking to enroll in the spring and then obviously goes back to a dead period on the 8th and then on the 12th it opens up again to take official visits which gives you another six days to take them before the portal closes on january 18th so they if you're if you're a guy like gavin if you're a guy like brett if you're a guy like jj roberts i understand the feeling of like if you're a fan being like oh like this guy is is quitting on us and this and this, but at the end of the day, I think both sides, and this will happen across the board, both sides, unless it's someone that they just really, really, really did not want. It is did um, reducing to not want to, to leave. And I think, a, I think a Brett would be more of someone they just didn't want to leave, but they also understood, you know, the reasoning there. They, you need to give people time in order to find a new home. There's, a lot of the people do not want to make a decision within two three four days unless there's been probably tampering going on so you need to give them allow them to have time and also if you're playing in a bowl you want to have as many reps as possible for the guys who are actually going to be here next year they're going to if they're going to be here next year i need to give them as many these these bowl reps are extremely valuable for that so you want to make sure that you are giving them giving everyone the the right amount of time to do things looking at brett griffiths you know, that was a little bit of a little bit of a of a shocker, I would say, in terms of like that just wasn't a name I was looking for in the portal. But I I've kind of had the the feeling that Michael Kern is coming back next year, which is a boost. And because I mean, that, I think the thought process right now was, you know, if, when Sam leaves next year and Michael Kern thinking about transferring to start somewhere else. Then you're left with, if you assume Brett was there, you'd be left with essentially Mitch Griffiths, his brother, Brett, and then Tantina Marucci has been moved over to quarterback. but He's kind of been in and around. Will he be on the team next year? We'll know. We'll see. We'll see. So you really have no, at least, and no really at least, like, camp experience. Like, not even just playing experience, camp experience. But I, I think this is starting to indicate that a guy like Michael Kern will be back next year. And I don't think that's solidified, but I think I think it is. It was very noteworthy, I think, to me at least, that he did not go through senior day. So I think this this indicates Kern's coming back, and I think it gets to a path of where if you're Brett Griffiths, you know you you're going to be third string next year in 2023. I think Kern will probably leave after the following year, after that year. So 2024, you're in the you're essentially you're in what your third year college. And you're the backup, and you know you could theoretically bet on theoretically bet on yourself and say, "Hey, we need to, we'll we'll, we'll go from there." But it's just a long time to wait. It, it, it's a lot. I and I know it's lovely to see people stick around and wait their turn, but if I'm waiting three, four, five years in order to to just be the backup. That's a long time for essentially anyone to make. So I I understood it. I'm interested to see where, we'll hit, where he will end up, but I don't think that was something of tampering like that. It's just the, just how the game goes. It's hard to ask someone to sit there and wait for three, four, five years. Kind of what it is. Moving on. So my second plea before I get into the targets. Let's let's be patient. Just because a certain the first overall target or even the second one does not pan out, there. Are thousands of kids in the portal. The last two times I've seen people not work out in terms of the last three times I've seen people not work out have been have ended up with Wake getting Malik Mustafa, Luigi Villane, and Kobe Turner. Those are the last three times that the original prospect that I know Wake wanted did not work out, ended up with being that. And honestly, I think all three guys, all three of those guys, have outperformed the guys that they were originally on. <laughs> so, which is, and it, you know, it, I don't think it all it always works like that. You know, I think Wake. One thing Wake has prided itself on, and I think done a very, very, very good job, is their evaluation in the transfer portal. There are definitely some guys that haven't worked out. You know, I I I think there. We all kind of know you I don't need to necessarily put names up there. There's no reason to do that. There are definitely you know a couple guys here and there that just have not worked out in the portal. But for the most part, the guys who they've gotten in the portal have been either extremely high-level players in terms of malik has been a high-level player, Luigi was a high-level player, Miles Fox, high-level, Kobe Turner, high-level, or they've been like a solid death piece. Like, I think while the cornerbacks were, were aligned a lot this year, I think for what they brought him in, and I thought, I said this when they got him, was a guy like Jamal Martin. He was a, a death piece. And when he was asked to be a death piece, he was really good. You know, I don't think he was a guy meant to go up there and absorb 50, 60 snaps, but they brought him in to get, you know, 15, 20, 25 snaps. And when he was in that role, he was really he was really good. And you know, that was that was I think they've done a good job of doing mean, that. I think Eldrick Robinson was a guy that they were really excited about and I thought had some good snaps on him, just needed to play more than obviously got hurt this year. So I think I think they've done a fairly decent job in terms of well more than a decent job in terms of what they've gotten out of the portal and if it if it fills the role they need. It. You know, they don't they're not a type of team that wants to just get some guy in and just be a eh, like you know will have the fortune to force into a role. I Kevin Pointer is another example. I think Kevin Pointer was a guy is a guy that is really coming on strong and I think is going to be a household name next year. Christian turner in a in a room where they don't really have you know, standouts like there's always guys like okay you know this this guy's good and that's just because of how they use running backs really good donald stewart for the role that they brought him in very good jack crane for the role they brought him in very good they're they are very good at bringing guys in for certain places and then of course there are going to be a couple guys that aren't going to work out but on a the whole they've been good so i i am i trust the vows there and i think it'll be fine but be patient that's all I has is be patient Starting with linebackers, Ryan Seelig, I believe uh, he will be getting an in-home visit from Glenn Spencer, linebacker coach Glenn Spencer, today. And by today, again, I mean Monday. I believe so. We'll double-check that on Monday, on Monday morning. They're going to try and push for an, an official visit there. really like him. He's a fit. He was a very productive kid at Western Michigan. He would fit perfect. I think he would fit perfect. He's put 6'2", 245. I think he'd fit well in that Ryan Smith role. He has, I know, an official visit set to Minnesota, and I believe he's setting one up to Indiana. He is from the Midwest; he's from Illinois, so it is very. So, I'm I'm intrigued to see if he does leave the Midwest. Sometimes, sometimes location does matter a lot to these guys, and so we'll see from there. But I know I they at least getting it, getting it in home because you don't just walk into someone's home; you have to actually organize that and make sure that they have to accept you to do that and he was very welcoming I from talking to him he's he is high on wake and he is working to set a visit so we'll see what happens there there's justin Wright, another linebacker from tulsa i expect him to go home with him as well this week he is from i think the texas oklahoma area i believe he's from oklahoma i think that's where he ends up staying but obviously they're going to keep trying i know he has offers from iowa state oklahoma state which i would think i'm led to believe that's favorite right now Minnesota is a contender there as well so we'll kind of see what goes on there And right now defensive tackle Shane Cokes from Dartmouth I think Wake has a really really strong chance right here right now he's got I think he's going to take a little bit to decide I don't think it's going to be something that he decides this week could be wrong recruiting is fickle I hate it I love it I hate it one of the hottest transfers on the market right now Colorado Iowa State West Virginia NC State Oklahoma State I just every time I kind of open up the <laughs> Twitter, I, I see he has a new offer. Does not do interviews, and that's really, yeah, that's kind of frustrating at times when you're trying to figure out where a guy stands. But yeah, I know that the, the staff has done a, a fair amount of meetings with him via Zoom, and I know that they are really really pushing for him. I think they they that was one that I think they knew we was going to hit the portal. Uh, not from a tampering standpoint, but I mean, there are definitely guys that you see that are like, all right, this guy probably needs to take another step. And you're like, OK, cool. And he, well, I think it's been very apparent that he won't take a step from Dartmouth to he won't take a step from Dartmouth to uh, the, the power five. I, I don't think he'll be in the G5. I think he's a very solid power five guy. Fifty three total tackles, eight and a half for loss, four point five sacks, forced fumble ten in just 10 games last year, two time all Ivy. There are guys every year that you pretty much see and you look at and you go like, man, if you look, if you took, you know, if you took the step up from the G five or the or the Ivy League up to the P five, you know, you think you can make yourself some money. And I think that's something that a lot of people have noted about. like, I think everyone sees guys and like, wow, this guy's really good, but you know, you never know until they hit the portal and then they hit the portal and you go, well, yeah, that guy's good. Wake was early on him, and I think they were good to be early on him, and I'm excited to see where that goes from there kicking things over to high school. And I'm going to keep this one a little bit, a little bit shorter. They hosted a good amount of the recruiting class this past, this past uh, weekend. I believe the guys on campus were, if I am not an idiot, were Chris Marrable, the defensive tackle from South Carolina, George D offensive lineman from Tennessee, quarterback of class, Charlie Gilliam, defensive tackle, Sean Thomas, wide receiver hilton alexander who i am very excited about uh cornerback trayvon west who i am very excited about drew pickett it might be the sneaky one out of this class to be really 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 good i know i know running back's a really weirdly really used position in this offense but i really like what i've seen about drew pickett i've seen, seen him in a person i was really excited with the size already give him a weight room a little bit and i think you you have a good you have a good back right there and then the last of the commits is carrington lean one of my favorite commits in this class. I love Carrington League defensive end. About 6'3", 230 pounds from Dwyer uh, High School in Palm Beach, Florida. I'm really excited about that. So they had you know, a good amount of the class there for their special visits, but they also had three linebacker recruits that they're going after pretty hard right now. They have Kamal Bonner from Moultrie, Georgia, Christian Allegro from Avon, Connecticut, and Michael Short from Charlotte, who is currently committed to Eastern Car- East Carolina. If I had to rank likelihood in terms of, you know, who, who are the guys they, they definitely improve their shots with from this visit, I'd probably go short Ali Agro Bonner. Not so much that I think Bonner is necessarily had a bad visit. I don't think there's really anything of a, of a bad OV besides, I don't know, you getting you just being a nuisance. Bonner, Bonner feels pretty solid. I think he's going to be pretty solid to NC State. If I had to lean, I'd probably go there right now. Christian Allegro doesn't really do interviews. I think the only person to ever do an interview with him so far has been Brian Doan, which I mean there's no shame that Brian Doan. He sometimes people just have relationships with different people. But he's also just not really a guy that does interviews. That's just not who he is. But I think I know Wake, I know Wake is high on this list. I know he has visits set to UVA Minnesota, the Wisconsin one. I'm still gonna be if, if he shows up to Wisconsin with the new coach there, we'll see. Um, I think Minnesota would be in the driver's seat, but I think, you know, having the first crack in an OV definitely helped Wake. And I, I've, I've heard some good returns there. Michael short. I mean, he, I, I don't necessarily want to say that you should probably be able to steal a kid from ECU, but I think Wake slash UNC, who would be his top three and his top three is ECU UNC and Wake. I think the two power five schools should be able to steal this recruit from them. You know, I, you know, he's from Charlotte, Mallow Creek. You know where if that name is spelled to you, Amari, uh, Amari Henderson. I know he's rated as an eighty-three right now in two twenty-four seven Sports. That'll be shooting up. He had a fantastic senior year. You know I think Wake is trying to preach staying staying in, at home. And I mean in, he, he's an hour, he'd be an hour and a half from from Charlotte. No one's nowhere's too close. But I think being able to be at a very high academic school will definitely appeal to him very well. I'm hoping to talk to him on monday or tuesday because a reminder i don't like talking to kids right after they finish an official visit i don't think there's just the ov glow and i just never you get the same answers and you know i'll i'm gonna try to talk to them monday or tuesday and see what go there but i but at least from my initial initial pokes around situations i i i feel better about where they stand there and we'll go from there i know he has an official visit to unc coming up this next weekend and we'll we'll go from there but i think they they very much improved their shot with Michael Short. I think he had a very time there. I'm also very sure that these aren't just the only three guys on the linebacker board. I don't ever want to be the you know, the tease and be like, "Oh, well, like I know things you don't." But every school is trying to flip prospects. People are trying to flip Wake's prospects. Wake's trying to flip other prospects. One thing that Wake doesn't, and a lot of schools don't do, is you know really put names out there unless things start getting real hot. Which is very fair because you never want to put the kid in a bad situation. You know, you never know what the rules are with that school in terms of dealing with flips. Will they get? Will that kid get dropped? And then, if, if you end up not ha, not being able to take that take that kid, what happens there? So, but I I am very positive those three are not the only three linebackers that Wake is actively talking to and having very good discussions, and you know, possibly could visit. We'll see from there, and you know, if things get hotter with those prospects the names will come out just like they did with michael short i think we i think michael short you know that was a name on the board for a couple weeks and that was one that i was like you know until an official visit is is nailed in not not going to reveal it and i think that's just out of respect to the kid a lot of this is being is being respectful to the kids and their privacies and they're going through probably the hardest thing they'll have to go through in a very long time and i want to make sure i don't want to make that harder on them in terms of flips though Feel better about Micah Maze. I feel a lot, a lot more secure there. There's still a long way to go to signing day, but I I feel better than I did two, three weeks ago. So, you know, I we'll we'll take that as we go. Before we get to pre a quick little preview of Mizzou, let's hear a word from our sponsor. All right, so Wake Forest got their bowl assignment on Sunday, heading to the Gasparilla Bowl. What a fun name for a bowl, I guess. Tampa, Florida, December twenty third at I believe six thirty p.m. against Mizzou. You, know, you couldn't really ask for. If I'm being selfish, I wanted the, I wanted the Military Bowl. Tampa, Tampa and the warmth will do, I guess. But you know the date the date's a little little early. That's the only I think the only real. Con- complain about it but otherwise i think you know given how the, the season ended getting a power five matchup in the warmth is a is a pretty i think on a, on a Friday is, is a pretty you, you got you 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 got a fine one there i don't think it doesn't affect really anything in terms of bowl payout i'm still trying to get clarification on what the notre dame aspect of the bowl payout is but i believe they are now since they are taking an acc bowl they're Bowl money gets put into the pot as well. So, how the AC does their bowl payouts is everyone gets reimbursed for their expenses. Obviously, getting to a better bowl game means there's more money for you to "quote unquote" expense for just necessary travel and necessary excursions. I mean, these things are these things are also person hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars. So, you're still getting a lot of money, but you are you are able to. You you're able to keep your all your expenses, but then every dime, or other dime of that goes into the into the pot, and then is evenly distributed from distributed to the other teams. So it's a it's one that it's just you're like okay cool like it doesn't yes you want to get to a better bowl, but money wise it doesn't matter. Missouri is an interesting matchup, I would say. They they haven't really played any high powered offenses. They have played two all year. They played Kansas State, and they played Tennessee. And if you want to know how that well, those went, Kansas State beat them forty to twelve. Tennessee beat them sixty six to twenty four. Now, obviously, those teams have bet; those two teams have better resumes than what Wake has. But I think it's very intriguing to see that you know, just looking through the schedule of Louisiana Tech, Avalon Christian was uh, Auburn, GA, whose offense still wasn't really that high power. I know they put up fifty on LSU, but Georgia's had some offensive issues pretty much all year. Florida, Bandy, South Carolina, Kentucky, New Mexico State, one of the worst teams in the, in, the, in the FBS, Arkansas. Like they they honestly really have not played a good, like a lot of good offenses. And I think that is partially contributed why they have the 28th best defense nationally in terms of yards. But I also think they do have a very. good I'm really. I like their defensive front. I'm really, really happy. With, like they're. This is going to be one, and I think something I'll write about of you know, Wake going to try to maybe exercise some demons against bigger defensive fronts. But you know, I think they. I don't know if they're necessarily the 28th best defense in the country, but I think they're a solid defense. I think this is one, not one you'll be able to walk up there and and just in your sleep put up 45 points. Like I, they, they will, they will get after you. Then there is no question about it. they will get after you but I think there is some room to, to exploit this defense. And I think it's kind of telling in terms of where they are in turnover margin. So right now in turn, they I think they had three more total turnovers game than wake and wake didn't really get any turnovers all year. So that kind of leads you to something like, okay, like, are they, what, what's really going on right now? And in terms of turnover margin, they're equal with wake, AKA they are turning the, on the offensive side of the ball. They are, they are really putting that defense in the buy from time to time in terms of turning the ball over. They haven't really been that effective on offense. They're also just a sloppy team on penalties. Like they, they turn, they have a lot, a lot, a lot of penalties. You know, I'm, I'm not really sure why that was a, why that's really a problem with the Drinkwits team. He's usually a pretty, pretty hard-nosed coach, but they ranked 120th of 131 teams in in penalties, I, they had a total of 92 penalties for 743 yards. That's 7.6 penalties a game. It's not great. Not great at all. So, well, I mean, again, there's, they made a bowl. They're still a good team. I'd kind of argue that they'd be one of the best, worst teams. Like, they'd be one of the best middle-of-the-pack teams. I, I think the defense is still solid. I really liked what they had with Dominic Lovett. I know he's in the portal. He's not going to be able to play. So that's a boost for Wake's, Wake's defense. Luther Burton still definitely the Luther Burden is a good wide receiver. He he's he's nice. If you have not watched any of Missouri's games, which maybe, maybe you have, maybe not, I think he will, in this in this 2022 class, he was the number three overall prospect, the number two wide. Um via just 20 percent sports, he was the number two wide receiver in the class. Uh via the composite, he was the number one. He was head of Evan Stewart at Texan. Yeah, no. He is a uh, Luther Burns Luther good six foot, 200 pounds, really good size, good speed. It's going to be I think Kay, him and Kalen are going to have a are going to have a fun little, little little conversation throughout that game. I think that one's going to be a really fun matchup to watch. And I'm really excited for that one. You know, it comes the running game has been eh, it, it's it's been eh. Uh, but I think it does come down to Brady Cook, who's really young. He has a little bit of a dual threat upside with him. I've liked what I've seen out of him, but I mean they are just times that he just, you can tell he is not experienced and he will make some throws that you're just like, dude that. They'll lose you your job bad. So yeah. So I mean, I'm in, I'm intrigued to see what happens with this game as it go, goes along. I think this is the epitome of a get right game in terms of wake. You have a team that's not really that good on on offense. You have a defense that is statistically pretty decent. But it has some flaws that work well with where with what you like to do. I think I, I think I haven't really looked at the odds on this. But if I had to assume, if I had to assume anything, I'd probably say that Wake would be probably a two-point favorite. Yeah, I'd probably put it at one and a half, maybe two wake. I think Wake would definitely be favored in this game, but I think it'll be. I think it will probably start around a, around a, around a field goal, if not a little bit less, and kind of hang around there. But I think this is—I think it's a matchup that Wake is should be able to to do well in. Just a matter of you know, will they execute? I know people are don't like it when you say that, but it is a uh, they got to execute. But yeah, that is pretty much all we had for this one. I've I've been really happy with you guys' support on this. Love doing these, and I'm glad you guys are really being supportive of this. It's going to be a wild ride, and I hope you'll stay with us. And as always, Go Deeks!